Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Sometimes there is a lag between the time uh, something happens and captures headlines and the time that a legislature, either a state or Congress itself at the federal level, is, is in a position to, to respond to that. And so it is with a piece of legislation which was presented uh, just yesterday by Representative John Hawkins uh, before the Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Interim Committee of the Utah State Legislature. The piece of legislation which he proposed and which received a majority vote, uh, its next step to be the floor of the Utah House of Representatives, uh, would do two things. It would do two things. It would elevate... It would elevate to a felony uh, someone who obstructs a roadway or a sidewalk uh, if that is part of a riot. So it's important to understand exactly what a riot is, and we're going to get uh, some clarity on that from Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill in just a moment. Uh, But uh, the second part of the legislation from Representative Hawkins was that if you are, say, the operator of a motor vehicle, and you find yourself in the midst of a riot, that you, if you should feel threatened yourself, if you feel that your life and safety is under threat by those rioters uh, maybe surrounding your vehicle, and you take evasive action with that vehicle to flee what you perceive to be the danger, that should you injure or kill someone in that endeavor, that you will uh, be able to use the fact that that was a riot in your defense. That you could make a defense saying, listen, I was, uh, I felt my life was threatened and that the only way I could escape that life-threatening circumstance was to mash the gas pedal and whatever happened thereafter, uh, well, that's, that's not my fault. Anyway, uh, we'll have to see in terms of procedure what happens next once it is heard on the floor of the Utah House. Uh, but joining me to, to chat and share his reaction to this uh, is Sim Gill, Salt Lake County District Attorney. Uh, sir, how are you? Welcome to the program. Always oh, a pleasure to be here, Lee. Thank you for inviting me. Did, did I explain Did I explain that legislation uh, fairly accurately according to your understanding? Yeah, no, I think you did a very good job. And I think, we, you know, we also uh, need to recognize the underlying motivation and the concern, uh, which is, you know, we've had uh, 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 these uh, protests and there's a concern about trying to uh, uh, impact public safety and accountability. So we understand the motivations uh, for it, and I think you did a great job of explaining that. The the challenge, however, I think is uh, is that we have to sort of recognize that there is a balancing of competing interests, if you will. Uh, you know, as a constitutional republic, we have a right to protest. We have a right to uh, peaceably assemble. And, uh, and so my concern is to make sure that we have clarity on what that means. 
and also uh, to balance against public safety and, uh, and specifically violent acts, and that we actually identify that. Because one of the things to keep in mind, uh, Lee, is that right now we already have as a f- uh, felony, uh, if you are engaged in, 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 a, in, in this conduct where you injure anyone, it's a third-degree felony riot. If you have a dangerous weapon in there, uh, it, uh, it's a third-degree felony riot. If you uh, substantially do property damage, it's a third-degree riot. Uh, and if you engage in acts of arson, and we relied upon that uh, to uh, file charges uh, from the May 30th protest. Uh, but our concern really is to, uh, when we commingle what would be otherwise uh, uh, your peaceful right to protest, and we start to criminalize that. So that's why we voiced our uh, objection, because the goal here is to protect, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we have people who disagree with us. And uh, so yeah. I'm really sensitive to that constitutional provision. And uh, so that's why we were sort of raising those concerns. And it is creating the opportunity for dialogue. The Representative Hawkins has been very open to that. And I think uh, this is something we should debate. Uh, I think there's a lot of concern about it. And so we end up with a good outcome. And then to the second point that you raised, which is also, I think, uh, uh, gives me a little bit of concern, before, is because— can I, can I stop you there for uh, a second? Be- before, sure. we, before we move sure. on to the second point, I want to I want to sh- just ask you one last thing. Yesterday, sure. during this hearing, uh, appearing as a, a member of the community, uh, sharing comment was Will Carlson, Chief Criminal Justice yes. Policy Advisor for your office, and talked yes. about a, a little bit about history. And let me just play this clip here as Carlson explains that interrupting traffic is a part of this country's history. Obstructing traffic as a part of a protest is part of America's tradition of protest. Uh, marching in the streets uh, back even before Selma, Alabama, included uh, blocking traffic as a part of the protest. Sub- subsequent to that comment, there were some some objections raised about, OK, well, how about how about I am trying to travel to seek like urgent medical care? Uh, what, what should be my what should be my burden at that point? Yes, no, and I and I think those are valid concerns, and I think what uh, Will was the point that Will was trying to make was that uh, when we have conduct that may be uh, one uh, one leg in protected uh, conduct, the other one potentially criminal conduct. We want to be very clear about how we define that. Because the last thing we want to do is uh, uh, violate anybody's constitutional rights. But at the same time, uh, look, uh, I'm extremely sensitive to the idea that if we have individuals who go out and engage in violent behavior, that they should not have the same sanctuary or umbrella of what uh, people who are out there peacefully protesting. So that's really sort of the, uh, what we want to do is we want to approach this carefully. Because I share that concern of public safety. But at the same time, I want to make sure that we don't violate anybody's constitutional rights in a desire uh, to address uh, uh, these kind of issues. Uh, we, we, time is limited, and I apologize for that. Okay. Moving on to the moving on to the the second part of the legislation, yeah. uh, the ability for uh, the operator of a motor vehicle to use as a defense, uh, you know, their desire to to get to safety uh, if they happen to injure or even kill someone uh, who who is involved in a riot. Right. And I think that's a, and you rightfully recognize that because, you know, and our concern is saying, OK, uh, what is the context? What is going to be the mental state? How are we going to be able to prove that? And how is that affirmative defense is going to be available? Because what we don't want to do is to say that anybody's subjective fear then serves as a justification to injure or hurt other people who are, might be peacefully pro, uh, protesting. 
So, so I think that the concern there is to make sure that in a desire to balance that need, we don't overcorrect in a way that we're going to end up uh, with people having a really broad use of that statutory authority where they end up actually injuring or hurting or uh, killing individuals. So that was our concern and objection to that as well, because I think the point simply here is there's an opportunity. This is an important conversation to have, and we need to have uh, some thoughtful, deliberate uh, process to this, because otherwise— uh, we may be, you know, you and I may be out there protesting and exercising our right, and somebody who feels panicked subjectively runs us over, and uh, and there's no accountability. So yep. it, there's room for mischief, and we want to protect against that. Very good. Uh, you indicated that uh, the office of Representative Hawkins is open to some dialogue. Uh, that's very good. Uh, look forward to seeing how this uh, shapes up. Sim Gill, Salt Lake County District Attorney, my guest, sir. Thanks again for your time. Thank you. Take All care. Right. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, I'm going to play for you portions of a conversation between Representative Hawkins and KSL News Radio's own Jeff Kaplan. I also want to hear from you. As you heard this conversation between myself and Sim Gill, where do you stand? 801 575 8255 is the number. 801 KSL Talk. Your calls and Representative Hawkins next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Protesting is like so six months ago, right? No? All right. Well, the Utah State Legislature right now is in its uh, like interim session season. It's a time of the year where uh, various committees come together and they debate and vote on, in a committee fashion, the, the bills that they would like to ultimately see on the floor of the Utah State Legislature. There's some uh, schoolhouse rock basics there for you. And th- that's what's happening right now. And yesterday there was uh, an interim committee meeting, the... Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Interim Committee, and uh, Representative Hawkins of Pleasant Grove, John Hawkins, a Republican, he presented a piece of legislation. Uh, and that would do, that piece of legislation, which I'll tell you now, was passed in the committee and now will make its way to the floor of the Utah House. We'll see where it goes from there, but it did pass the committee. And this piece of legislation would do really two things. It would, number one, it would elevate from a misdemeanor to a third-degree felony those uh, protesters who, uh, in the midst of a riot, uh, obstructed traffic. So if uh, if you are a protester and the circumstances there around, if you're involved uh, in, in a riot as well, uh, you could be, if you block traffic, found guilty uh, of, of a felony. And uh, it could make you vulnerable to a sentence of up to five years in prison. Now, that's one part of things. And some of the thinking behind that, we'll hear from Representative Hawkins in just a moment. We're going to hear from both him as he presented the legislation in the committee setting, as well as during a conversation just yesterday with KSL News Radio's Jeff Kaplan. Uh, but uh, some of the arguments in favor of this are that, well, you need to keep the, the streets clear. The, the streets, uh, regardless of the exercise of one's uh, you know, constitutional rights uh, to, to freedom of speech, should that should that exercise, should that protest develop into something statutorily qualified as a riot, right? When the violence commences and the destruction, that's a riot. And if you, in the midst of that violence and destruction, are obstructing the flow of traffic, if people are unable to uh, to move freely in their vehicles through that area, well, 
uh, you're guilty of a felony under the proposal here by uh, John Hawkins. That's number one. Number two uh, is similar in that it deals with vehicles in the road. If you are behind the wheel of your vehicle and you happen upon a riot and you then find yourself in the middle of this riot, and if you in that situation feel that there is a clear and present threat to your life and safety and you hit the gas to get out of there and in the course of hitting the gas you injure or kill someone, well, there's a a defense there available to you because you were escaping for your life and for your safety. Second part of Representative John Hawkins' bill. I want to know what you think about this. We're going to go through and hear from Hawkins directly in just a moment, but uh, from what I've explained and what you heard discussed between myself and Sim Gill, the Salt Lake County District Attorney, what what do you think about this? What do you, what do you think? Think about the the different circumstances that uh, you know kind of led to this legislation. Think about uh, the individual who fired around or to into a vehicle during a protest in Provo. How might this law have? impacted that situation. Now, yes, I know there are uh, you know, already many laws on the books, right? And, and that's, a, that's a, a completely valid uh, argument. You could say, hold on a second, it seems like all of this stuff is already illegal. Um, yes, granted. What do you think? Is this warranted? Is this legislation warranted? Uh, get on the phone or send me a text. The phone line is 801-575-8255, 801-575-8255, and via text, the Utah Community Credit Union text line, that's 57500. Would love to hear what you have to say on this topic. First text to come in says, imagine making new laws when we don't or choose not to follow the laws on the books already. Not a bad point. Not a bad point. It is interesting. You often You often see uh, legislators, and I'm not saying that this is the case. I uh, am still, you know, trying to assess my own views on this one. I'm presenting you facts, asking you what you think uh, right now. But <clears throat> stepping aside from this, stepping away from this specific piece of legislation, you often do find uh, efforts on the part of lawmakers at all levels uh, to put in place laws that are redundant, or to put in place laws that, in fact, already exist on the books. Yeah, the United States Congress has a habit of doing that. Uh, some of those, uh, they call them message bills, where a lawmaker has a desire to communicate some attitude uh, that he or she may feel supported by those uh, by constituents. And so you, know, you get you get sometimes some legislation in there that uh, uh, that isn't necessarily uh, adding to statute or taking away from statute, but rather doubling up on some that exists already. Again, I, let me repeat, that that was a tangent, and I am not commenting on, on this piece of legislation in particular. I, uh, I'm still working on my own views here. And you're helping me get there. 801-575-8255 is the number. Uh, next text to come through reads, I think it's unnecessary legislation. Anyway, uh, one man who certainly does not think it's unnecessary is the sponsor of the bill. Here is Representative John Hawkins introducing the bill. This uh, is during that interim committee meeting uh, of just yesterday, uh, talking about there being a criminal defense for drivers uh, who injure or kill protesters in a riot. So it makes obstruction of traffic during a riot a third-degree felony. And for an individual who's in a motor uh, vehicle who's trying to flee the scene of a riot uh, due to uh, uh, risk of their injury or death, if they happen to hit uh, a someone a pedestrian in in that fleeing uh, motion um, it holds them 
it, it eliminates uh, criminal responsibility uh, for that motor vehicle driver. So those are the two major components of this particular bill. Very good. So that was yesterday morning as this piece of legislation was first presented by Representative Hawkins before the interim committee. Later in the afternoon, during Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news, uh, Jeff asked a, a fascinating question, one that I am always curious about when I see legislation. What led the legislature to draft this legislation? You know, I've been concerned with uh, what's going on around the country um, and, and, and not wanting it to really come to Utah. Um, trying to take a little bit of a preemptive approach to uh, the situations that we've seen around the country. And so I, I took a look at uh, some options that we have uh, for, you know, disbanding riots as quickly as we can, letting protests continue to happen, but keeping them from becoming a violent situation. Uh, and so that's why I, I introduced the, the bill. So there's the motivation behind the legislature's actions. Uh, and now for reaction, we'll go to the phones here real quick before we take a break for news. Peter calling from Salt Lake City. Peter, what do you say? Well, um, I might surprise you. I'm a Democrat. I listen to your show quite a bit because I like to be informed. Thank you. And I wouldn't say I'm a liberal Democrat, but I've always felt this way. When If you're going to protest, that's fine. I, I get it. That, that's your right. We should be able to do that. But when you impede my traffic or somebody else's traffic, that's not right. You know, who knows where you're going? Are you late for work and you've already been warned three times and this next time you're going to be fired? Uh, are you going to pick up your little girl at school and if you're delayed a half hour, who knows what's going to happen? Do you have a medical emergency? What gives them the right to impede my traffic? Yeah. I don't agree with it, no matter what the reason is that you're protesting. 100%. And do you use your vehicle for a weapon? Hey, if you're in danger, I see that all the time, and it doesn't matter again. I see the Trumpsters doing it. I see the Antifas doing it. If you're threatening me in a situation, I'm going to run you over, plain and simple. There you go. All right, Peter, listen, thank you for the call. Thanks for listening to the, the program. Flattered to hear that. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. My apologies to Steve and the others hanging on the line. Not going to have time to get to you, but I appreciate you thinking, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to weigh in. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, big news, big news out of the Salt Lake City School District. A change is coming, but is it coming fast enough? We'll get into those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.